0: Good morning. My name's Thomas. For those of you uh, that don't know me, it's nice to meet you. And I am married to the wonderful Marie who led so wonderfully this morning. It's good, it's good. It's good to be together. We're going to open up the Bible together in a wee second. And I'm going to ask Kev, would you be our Bible distributor? If you don't have a Bible, wave your hand in the air. Or Kev, let's give a wee cheer for Kev. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Kev. Put your hand in there if you need a Bible and we'll get one to you. If you don't have one at home, take it away with you, we'd love you to have a Bible at home we've been doing a series called Freedom in Christ, we've been looking at the book of Galatians, Paul the Apostle Paul is going to town on freedom because the churches have been getting caught up in and troubled by a false gospel a a gospel that is tampered with, a gospel that is edited with terms and conditions to meet uh, what they want And Paul wants to speak truth, he wants to speak a gospel of grace, he wants to speak of an undeserved gospel, a Jesus gospel, a gospel where we don't need to do, we just need to receive. We can struggle with that, can't we? I know I can, when I get a gift, I always keep in the back of my mind, I'll get you back, I'll get you back. I, s- I spoke a lot about grace and the peace that is afforded to us when we begin to have a fuller understanding of grace in the first talk of this series. So if you've missed that, we'd love you to go back and have a wee listen uh, to that. We're going to be reading from Galatians 4 and starting at verse 21. Stuart, two weeks ago, uh, started off chapter 4 and I'm going to continue it. So Galatians 4, starting at verse 21 to 31. It should be on the screen behind me as well. So let's read. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. For it is written, be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Break forth and cry aloud. You who are never in labour, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman. And her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance of the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Amen. This is the word of the Lord and it's given to us because God loves us. And that my prayer is that it would speak life into our veins this morning. It would get our blood pumping as we unpack. In Jesus' name. Amen. And then last weekend I had the joy of being at Belladrum. Has anyone else been to Belladrum? The festival over at Belladrum Music Festival. Uh, it was amazing. We had so much fun. We got to see so many bands. We had lots of fun with our boys. My highlight, and I can't believe I'm admitting to this, was a, a band called Masayoki. Masayoki mass karaoke, Mary and I uh, about 11 at night, I'd seen the main acts and we were walking by and we got to the big top kind of tent, this thing and uh, that was about to start, let's have a wee look in, so we had a wee look in, let's stick about and this band came out dressed in like spandex, 80s kind of style, long hair and they said, we're going to do the music you have to do the singing and there was two big screens come on, we can do it, so about 20 of us were in this big, big top tent and we started out blasting And then a few minutes later, Well, about 10, 15 minutes later, there was about 200 of us. And we were singing My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. (laughs) And it was a precious, precious moment. My lover Celine goes on. I had a guilty pleasure of loving Celine Dion when I was a teenager. Her music, one of my friends. Anyway, anyway, the place was mauled. We sung that song. My voice was absolutely gone by the end of it. Another highlight was catching Travis, the band Travis, the good Scottish band, the band that I would listen to in my teenage angst. Listen to all their songs as I was growing up And he was introducing a song Which was called Side It's quite a quite catchy tune And he was chatting about to the thousands of people in this field We have lots of differences We have lots of differences on religion We have lots of differences on politics But in this moment we are all one And there's community And there's togetherness And the person next to you for this very moment You are together, you are connected Even though you might have been arguing with them online The night before you are one in this moment. And there was something quite moving and powerful in that moment as I looked round. It was almost like in that moment it was a snapshot of how God's plan was originally intended. Maybe not quite when I looked round at 10 o'clock on Saturday night and looked at everyone else. But there was a little snapshot and it's funny isn't it how we get little glimpses at surprising times of God in the most unexpected places. But also hit home out of the thousands of people that were there, how many of them don't know Jesus? How many of them don't know the hope and the freedom that we have? But then it also hit home after reading this passage, how many of us, me included, know Jesus and don't know more the hope and the freedom that we have and live out of that or choose not to live fully from it. It's festival season just now. Every weekend it seems like there are festivals. And thousands of young people within the Vineyard Movement are just back from a festival called Dreaming the Impossible. There was nearly 3,000 young people down there. And I think nearly 300 young people gave their lives to Jesus. Just incredible. I used to be a youth pastor many moons ago and used to take young people to a a festival called Imagine in in Baruri. We would take about 40 young people, we would camp out, Mary and I would have our beanie hats well wrapped up in the cold. But every year on the final night after tea in our marquee where we would have food, Ali, who is one of our charity trustees, would begin and belt out all the classic church songs. He would, uh, and it would be a miss of me to not test our skills this morning. So I'm going to say some lines and I want us to go for it, okay, if you know the song. So the first one is There's a flag flying high. From the the castle of my heart. From the castle of my heart. From the castle. Yes, brilliant. Here's the next one. Sorry, I cut you short there. I was tempted to go on. I've got that joy, 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 joy. Where? Where? Yes, brilliant. We should just carry on doing this instead of talking. Number three He's got the whole world In his hands He's got the whole world Brilliant. Oh Here's a classic. This one, you're going to go Oh, I'm going to listen to this when I get home I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never zoom or the enemy. I may Oh my words! This is so much fun. <laughs> Last one. Whose side are we leaning on? Leaning on the Lord. Oh dear, you don't know that one. <gasps> oh well, never mind. Never mind. We used to sing that song because we'd go, Whose side are you leaning on? Leaning on. And then we'd go, I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean. And I lean was our l- lollipop lady at school. <laughs> I used to go, the Lord of God, the Lord of did <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Paul, in this passage, I, I feel, is instructing the church in Galatia through Hagar and slavery versus Sarah and freedom. He's asking that question, whose side are you leaning on? Which side are you leaning on today? Where are you planting your feet? Where do you head towards? Where's your faith journey right now? Where have we skewed or drifted and distorted what Jesus intends? Where have we substituted what freedom in Christ should look like and be walked out in our lives? Because we're missing out big style. And we should have a fear of missing out when it comes to this. Paul Paul agreed with about 99% of what the Judaizers were preaching to the churches. There was so much in common with their theology. And what they believed, but there was this very important disconnect and missing the mark when it comes to freedom and when it came to grace. He's concerned, he's perplexed, it says in verse 20, just before the passage that I I read this morning. He's passionate about this, that he just can't let it lie. In the verses that we read, he alludes to Ishmael and Isaac. Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. And there's an account in Genesis, and I thought it'd be helpful to have a bit of a, a whistle-stop recap of, uh, in helping shaping today's main points as we look at the talk. So, essentially, God has a plan, but we continue as humans to make another plan. And I'm going to go through Genesis up into the point of Abraham. So we see in Genesis 1-11, God keeps giving humans, created in his image, the chance to do the right thing. But Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah, we keep ruining it. We choose to define good and evil ourselves, which ultimately leads to death, the world spinning out of control. But there is hope. And a plan to rescue the world. We see the beginnings of this plan. God's promise to Abraham in chapter 12 of Genesis. I will make you a great land, a great nation. I will bless you. There's echoes of the beginning promises in the Garden of Eden. God's plan to rescue and bless his world through Abraham. And we continue to see again and again the failures of man. But the continued faithfulness of God. Abraham is called to be an instrument of God in chapter 12 The chapter isn't even out, isn't even finished And he's deceiving, he's pretending that his wife is his sister So that he can be protected God has a plan, but he makes another one Then we have in chapter 15, the covenant, the promise Look at the stars Abraham, this is how vast your offspring will be God had a plan Chapter 16, Abraham makes another him and Sarah are getting old so he slept with their slave Hagar to fulfill God's plan Ishmael is born chapter 17 God speaks of Sarah giving birth to a son God's promise and they both laugh at different points they both laugh Abraham laughs when God says I'm gonna, you're going to have a son through Sarah Sarah even says to God me? I didn't laugh and God says, "Yes, she did." I find that a wee bit hilarious. God says, "Yes, she did." Chapter eighteen, verse fifteen, and then in chapter twenty-one, Isaac is born. We see this picture Paul is painting of the Galatians. This contrast. There's no middle ground here. It's one or the other. Whose side are we leaning on? Whose side are we living from? Slave to the law, or children, of promise? You are not children of the law. You are children of freedom. We are children of freedom. Trust in Jesus. Trust in what he has done. He's saying the other stuff it isn't needed anymore. The Messiah has been. Jesus has come. Freedom in Christ is Christianity. The old is gone. The new is here. And we see a couple of things that I want to touch upon as we look at what, where the Judaizers were living from that challenge us to, to ask ourselves, where are we living from? Right in this moment, this morning. First thing, I, I want to, or the next thing I want to see, God's made a plan, but we make another. If we could have the next point up, give up trying to save ourselves. Give up trying to save ourselves. D.L. Moody tells the story of a doctor, Andrew Boner, told me how in the highlands of Scotland, a sheep would often wander into the rocks and get into places they couldn't get out of. The grass on these mountains is very sweet and the sheep like it. They'll jump 10 or 12 feet and then they can't jump back again. And the shepherd hears them shouting in distress. They may be there for days until they have eaten all the grass. And the shepherd will wait until they're so faint that they cannot stand. And then they will put a rope around them and he'll go over and pull that sheep out of the jaws of death. Why don't they go down there when the sheep first gets there? He asked. Ah, They're so very foolish, they would dash right over the precipice and be killed if they did. If you are a wanderer, I tell you the Good Shepherd will bring you back the moment you've given up trying to save yourself and are willing to let him save you his own way. I love that picture. Oh, wanderer, return. Let's be a people from this moment who give up trying to save ourselves. Let's not be slaves to self-reliance. I'll sort it. I'll manage. I'll come up with a plan. I'll soldier on. I can fix it. I can go alone. There's lots of positives to self-reliance at certain points. But it's not how we are designed and wired. As Mike and George shared, iron sharpens iron. We need each other. Studies have actually shown that extreme self-reliance can impact our mental health. Dependence is often seen as a dirty word in our culture. It conjures up images of weakness and insecurity. And we see in the Genesis accounts that Paul was writing about in this letter. Abraham, after receiving God's promise in Genesis uh, 15, having spoken with his wife, in Genesis 16, uh, there's a self-reliance. There's a sorting it out himself. God has promised this, But we're going to do it our own way. Our way, not God's way. When things don't look how we planned, our way and not God's way. When it takes too long, I'm going to go our way, not God's way. And we can be so prone to this self reliance that we miss out on what God has intended and what He was moving and transforming in and through us in His plans, in the waiting, in the detours in the journey I say constantly to our boys if only you just waited if only you just listened if only you'd just done as you're told anyone else say those words what if a little bit more waiting what if a little bit more listening what if a little bit more trusting was what we took away from today we don't need to conjure up what would be farming and growing in us what would the holy spirit be changing what fruits would be growing that would be ready to use what would our week look like so we see this problem of self-reliance in abraham and the judaizers uh, i'll trust but it's got to be on my terms you can take me there but why am i going this way i know better get this way where do we need to respond? This morning, I, I pray freedom from saving ourselves. I pray for each one of us, for the pressure and weight of self-reliance to be lifted. The Holy Spirit would be doing something right now, even as I'm speaking. And I just pray for you to be free in Jesus name. And as I declare those words, I pray healing. I pray for anxiety, those of us who are just filled with anxiety for that to cease. In Jesus' name, I pray for our breathing to be slowed. In Jesus' name, I pray for peace over our future plans. I pray over parents this morning. It says in Proverbs, we may have our plans, but he directs our steps. I pray, Lord, you would help us depend on you, to trust you radically and wildly and counter-culturally this morning, to be set apart, to be faith-filled. In Jesus' name, amen. So to give up trying to save ourselves. And then the next point, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. I wonder how we interpret those words. I wonder how we feel right now in this moment as I've said those words. Nothing is impossible with God. I remember when I was a child, about 10 years old, lying in my bed just thinking about the absolute enormity of the world that we live in. And the sheer scale of the cosmos and the planets and the stars and everything we're part of. The intricate nature of how everything is lined up and made in such an exact way that should the sun be the tiny remember reading something about the- should the sun be the tiniest bit out of position, we would all burn. And just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my word. Then i get back to my Beano and life would be great. And, and, but welcome to my 10-year-old brain. It's remarkable, isn't it? And the God of the universe would so love the world that the God of the universe would so love you and me in the midst of such vastness and scale that he would so love little old you and little old me that he would give of himself in spite of our rubbish. That Jesus would come to bridge the gap. That Jesus would come to conquer death. That God would give off himself to give us hope and to set us free. To live in relationship with him. No strings attached. No barriers. No conditions. Direct access. Nothing holding us back in spite of the sheer absurdity and miraculousness of that truth, we can limit God by what limits us. We can confuse our lack as God's lack. And the more we do that, the more we build this image of a God who can't do very much. Who we can't see or feel anymore. And a God who is just like you and me we maybe sing to make us feel a little bit better or we go to church to make us feel a little bit better but why would we ask for this to happen or this to change or breakthrough here or healing here because our situation and mindset is painting a picture of God that isn't true we maybe shrink him down in our life and limit him we view him how we view our life in its current moment and it can change wildly and daily We maybe reduce the volume. We're maybe enslaved to what we can do, we can't do, and what God, uh, and not what God can do. And maybe some of us are feeling like our faith is just getting sapped, we're getting drained. And maybe we just feel like we just exist with God. He's a bit like a Tamagotchi we get. Do you remember Tamagotchi's? A bit like Tamagotchi we have in our pocket that we feed sometimes, pop them back in our pocket check on him sometimes and then forget about him the rest of the time and God is speaking this morning I believe and is encouraging us I am God and he's saying no more Abraham was a hundred years old having sorted by self-reliance sleeping with Agar and Ishmael arriving he's then told that his uh, wife Sarah will conceive a son and then in Genesis 17:17, 17, 17 he'll be the child of promise what did he do he fell face down and laughed He fell face down and laughed. Just picture that, imagine that, like he just fell to the ground laughing. No way. Not only that, Sarah got into that verbal battle with God, denying she laughed. I didn't laugh. Yes, she did. It's quite a reaction. He was a slave to what was humanly possible. Notice as well, after God declaring this miracle, Abraham is a slave to his terms and conditions, not God's. Abraham still offers Ishmael to live under the blessing in verse 18 but even then God is so gracious even when we try to fix ourselves he still promises a blessing to Ishmael in verse 20 I want to ask us this morning church where have we laughed off God breaking in where have we become slaves to what is humanly possible where do we need to stir faith Right now, in this moment, where have we accepted, this is just me, this is how it is, this will never change. Where have we given up, where have eh, we got our terms and conditions set, and God is bringing his voice this morning. Where do we think we know best, and God is inviting surrender. And I just felt a couple of words as I was writing this talk, around sibling breakdowns, around chronic illness, around a job situation and a marriage flame those things where have we accepted just, I'll just make do this isn't a space where we are to just accept this is a space when we come together a precious space as Mary is shared as God's people and say to the God of the impossible come come, restore revive redeem, reset, remind we're not a people that have to just accept and we will have times as we know where we will be hurting and confused in the not yet of that journey as a family but we will have times when the now comes in power where the spirit is free to move where laughter isn't at the impossibility but at the joy of the breakthrough I long for those moments I long for those moments we bring the impossibilities and if I could just say something around our prayer times on Sundays around that every single week I don't know about you guys I have something I need prayer for every single week I have something that I could do with someone putting a hand on my shoulder and saying Holy Spirit come And we need to get better at responding and and being family with one another in that and inviting God into our situations. Don't let pride get in the way. Don't let what people think get in the way. I read something this week. When we're in our 20s, we care what people think. When we're in our 40s, we don't care. When we're in our 60s, we realise they weren't even interested. (laughs) So we need to break off this, this lie that people are watching us. And be family with one another and come into God's presence and invite him and be open and say, I need help here, Lord. And to as have brothers and sisters around us in the mix of it. is possible if we would but step into that invitation? I think we would live more like the Isaac types that Paul mentioned. A child of promise. Where God's passion becomes our passion. A child of promise who trusts and rests in his grace shaped by his spirit seeing things change i want to ask us are we seeing change are we seeing change as jesus followers in our lives are we seeing each week growth are we seeing more of him in the day to day a child of promise that's who we long to be and then just finally a child of promise who consecrate ourselves and i'm just going to finish with this John Tyson uh, does a brilliant uh, weekly email out He's a pastor in New York City in Hell's Kitchen Brilliant church uh, teacher uh, encourage you to get onto YouTube if you're needing uh, some talks As well as listening to our ones of course But Brilliant Bible teacher and, uh, I get a, a weekly thing for dads If you're a father I encourage you to ask me and I'll send you the link over but you could, do, you could do your sermon based on these emails every week. that just speak so much uh, into, into my life. And he's speaking about consecration. And he says this, Our secular culture fears a consecrated man or woman. A busy, half-hearted and distracted man or woman is fairly easy to manipulate. Satan fears a consecrated man or woman. He will do almost anything in his power to dilute the potency of someone set on giving themselves fully to Christ. To give him our all, all of our attention. God wants to get a hold of the things that we hold back. He would much rather want involved in that stuff. He likes when we worship, he loves it when we read his word, when we love one another. But he desires all of us, especially the things that we are holding back. So I want to encourage us, let's not hold back. And I I had a word, one of my prayers this morning is that the Holy Spirit would move in power but also show us the subtleties. Show us the subtle. And I feel that the enemy can often work in the subtle. It's the subtle that can stop us showing up. It's the subtle that can slow us down. It's the subtle that can block our way. The subtle can fog. The subtle can distort. The subtle can make us hesitant and uh, the subtle can make us make small movements away from what God had intended for us and I felt it was like for some of us this morning who are here we've lost our way with Jesus but we don't quite understand how we're being faithful to showing up but we don't understand how it's not like it used to be and I, I believe it's in the subtle and Jesus is here and he's inviting us just to say yes again. To be children of promise. To receive the gospel. The simple gospel. To lay down the faith that we attach to it. Give up trying to save ourselves. Nothing is impossible. Let's bring our all this morning. Why don't we all stand?